0: The Matrix or What Dreams May Come.
1: I like how you <laughs> really enunciated on what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, the it's a
0: lot better than saying What Dreams May Come.
1: Matrix. Yeah, The
2: Matrix.
3: Yeah, I didn't know this. Okay, was a, what I, Dreams I May Come. I this was obvious. No, that
4: <laughs> it normally would be. Uh, the Matrix is extremely important in film. Yeah, but the other movie is very personal. So Kevin can really relate to What Dreams May Come. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah don't do Tom that you, right don't don't even, you don't even Don't even
0: have to edit that Kevin can really relate to what dreams make He goes oh that was good With really? like a good little like, four second pause to be, like brief. And then
1: Steve goes Wasn't it
0: some <laughs> It's been smacking Just wonderful we were,
3: we were talking about whiskey uh, Just to yes. be clear
1: Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail. So there will be spoilers. I'm Tom.
3: I'm, I'm Nate. No, I'm Nate. No, I'm Tom.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
3: Wow, didn't we do it perfectly last time, and then we immediately derailed? Yeah. I'm there Stein. were no witnesses. There hey, were no witnesses. I'm Brian's Brian. Back. Yeah.
1: Brian's back, and that's why. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> welcome back, Brian. <laughs> Throws us all off. You're Even had nothing. <laughs> Nothing to
2: do with it. Um, I was waiting to go last, and Steve still hasn't even gone. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. You tried. I said, I'm Steve. When? Very when? quietly.
3: I, at flies. the end of what I might. Never mind. Fine. I'm Steve. I'm Steve. I'm Steve. I'm Steve. There. <laughs> you got three to choose from. <laughs> yeah. What are we Options. doing again?
2: Um,
1: <laughs> so this.
2: <laughs> we're doing well. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> or at least par Good. for the course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. This week. We're talking about. Uh, it, it, I had the pick, really thrown off now. I had the pick, and uh, that means I also, geez whiz, I can't get through you this also now. Cheese whiz?
3: Did you do the intro, the Welcome Right to Me, where we're doing the lesser known films?
0: Yeah, were you Ooh, listening,
4: that's, Steve? That's how we <laughs> tripped over each other's names. Oh, okay. I missed that. I don't know.
1: I wonder Steve didn't know when <laughs> to jump in. <laughs>
2: He missed the the important part, but he claims that he actually said his name. So uh, I'm pretty sure that he is incorrect on one of those two counts.
1: (laughs) No, we're both right.
2: I have the pick. I set the theme. And uh,
1: because Captain Marvel is coming out, I don't usually go for the theatrical films, but I decided I really liked the idea of the theme of pissing off the men's rights activists. So uh, I decided (laughs) to go with Captain Marvel. And uh, Steve had the pairing. And he chose Whale Rider, uh, which is from 2002, and about a little girl becoming a chief, essentially. Uh, We'll get to that later. Captain Marvel is uh, the latest from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, starring Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. I don't actually know much about the comic history of this character, but uh, I've been calling it deus ex machina the movie for a while. (laughs) Hmm. Let's start with Brian since Brian has been gone for a while, to uh, give us his review of Captain Marvel?
2: Okay, Uh, let's see. It's been a while, you're right. Um, I'll start off by saying I enjoyed the film Uh, overall. There were a couple parts where I thought I would have either liked to see either more practical effects or better CGI. Yeah. Uh, Specifically that flying through space scene at the end that was very (coughs) lackluster. I thought it looked like a DC movie a lot of the time. <laughs> 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 like I had no problems with like the energy blasts coming from her hands or anything like that. But like when they had her flying around blowing up the ships in space, I thought it was it was very weak CGI. And actually when she was being surrounded by whatever that goop was so she could talk yeah. to Supreme Intelligence, at the very first time, that looked yeah. obviously computer generated as well. It was like uh, T V level. Yeah. It was like I was watching The Flash or something.
3: There's also it's weird though, because there's also some really good CGI in this. So it's weird that they're like there I agree with you completely. There's such lackluster of CGI here and then such amazing CGI in other places. Like where Samuel L. Jackson is de aging. Oh the de aging stuff. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean that's CGI. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's weird that's that true. It, it's it's so uneven.
1: Which they 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 impressed with that technology in the ant-man movies
3: well they've done that all the way from captain america with sculpting down
1: oh yeah yeah, it's basically
3: the same process
2: so i mean i know a little bit of this comic book story so i know there's like purists are going to have some problems with it specifically we'll we'll just start right off marvell was a man in the comics but (gasps) who cares about that right um seeing the scroll portrayed as these... As Elf the, goblins? The, the sh, no, the shift at the end. Oh, uh, it was like good scr- guys. Like, yeah, uh, well, not refugees. even necessarily good guys, but like... Refugees. <laughs> refugees, yeah. yeah. It seems so uneven when you know that the scroll are bad. like They're not <laughs> yeah. good things. And to see them portrayed like that, it's like, okay, that's a little well, odd. So... I, I, mean, I liked I have- that just
1: because it was like, you know, the goblin-looking guys aren't automatically the villains in the story.
2: And, and, you know, I'm not going to knock that against the movie. The movie is its own universe. The comics are their own universe. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so they're going well, to have to make Well, we might have a
0: shift. more
3: nuanced bad guy. Well, I'm just saying, the they're going to have to make a... Yeah. Th- th- like, you can't display them as sort of helpless, not entirely, but somewhat helpless refugees, and then in the next movie, make them the bad guy. You
2: know I, I, I agree, with th- that. Those, yeah. agree those That's ones on the Those ones on that ship, though, were helpless refugees. You did have I mean, for the better part of that movie, though, I mean, they're coming around. They have plasma weapons or whatever the hell they are, and they're they're killing people. So they do have the opportunity to do it. And um, yeah. I can't remember the character's name at the moment, but he did say Tell that us. he, ha- yeah, he said he had blood on his hands in the war. So he's not saying that he's like innocent, but right. uh, the way they're portrayed is a little like is a little odd having prior knowledge to it, but. Um, uh, I can't say that it detracted from the movie overall.
1: Steve, you're a comic book guy. Um, uh, so I, uh, I wasn't asking you to talk. I was just saying you're a comic book yes, guy. I am. <laughs> um,
3: and so I'm going to talk Go anyway. As far as the scroll thing, I, the only, I actually, I don't have a problem with how they portrayed them in the movie. Uh, and I, that it's different than the comics. The only issue, and this is just for people that read the comics, the only issue that I have with it is that there's a lot of really cool storylines that they kind of cut out. That it's like, well, I guess we're never going to see that storyline because you'd have, or you're going to have to completely change the storyline because it requires a certain kind of scroll character, which you've said doesn't exist. You know, it was like, oh man, they're not going to do this story now. That sucks. I that think kind of thing.
4: they had to be careful, though, not to splinter storylines because they're, they're focusing on setting up endgame. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. I, I so I, I don't know is, any of the additional stories, and I kind of sense your frustration with it. But I, for this film, I think it was a, a wiser oh, choice. I agree. I agree. hundred yeah. percent.
3: My only disappointment with it is five years from now. Right. Right. That that means that the storyline that I'd really like to see them make a movie out of. Yeah. They're going to have to make some major changes to it in order to do that if it's going to be consistent. Okay. That's. But all. I will say
0: one of okay, the problems well, is what Kevin pointed out that. A little, a fair amount of this movie seems to be. This movie seems to exist to set up Endgame. Oh yeah. And a, there's there's even arguments to be made that this Captain Marvel was created. The Carol Danvers character started once after Iron Man, you know, and so she seems to be a completely created character for the movie.
3: What do you mean? Because she's not. Um, this is, this no, she's not. This, but her storyline pretty close. Yeah, but she was uh,
0: she was given the like the, the now the Captain Marvel moniker is. Absolutely crazy, because it was originally an independent thing, and then DC sued the hell out of them. Mar, and then they let the, the like copyright run, and then Marvel took it over, and there've been like several Captain Marvels, and this one, Carol Danvers make was Miss Marvel for a very long time, right? Yeah. Um, and tell me when I'm wrong, Steve. And then they've they called her Captain Marvel, back a little bit after Iron Man came out, and it seemed to be the sense they made her Captain Marvel. Because they knew a strong female lead would be a good thing, and they kind of eventually wanted to have this movie come out, right? Like she got switched to Miss Marvel, the Captain Marvel. Um,
3: yeah, that but that was yeah, but that was, that was set up long before the MCU was even a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: it's and it, but there's just there's so much with just this name, Captain Marvel. It's yeah, crazy, of course. And her her name, Carol Danvers, is really close to Supergirl's name, which is Kara Danvers. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And oh, Captain is, Marvel is, is a ripoff of Superman.
3: So. Yeah, she is Marvel's Superman. Yeah, Superman.
0: yeah. Um, and a actually, way
1: better Superman than we've had in a long, long time.
3: But it's kind of my biggest problem with this film because Superman's origin story actually isn't all that interesting. It's what he does what, with his powers that he can do anything he wants. He's basically invincible. He could be ruler of the entire world if he wanted to. So, what does he do with that? That's what's interesting about Superman. And to me, that's what's interesting about Carol Danvers. This is just her origin story. And I was like, it's kind of, bleh. you know, it's like, okay, she gets blasted by alien, whatever. She gets basically superpowers. And it's her learning what her powers are, right? Yeah. It's not that, it's not, doesn't make for that interesting of a movie, I don't think. Uh, so, I mean, I realize they have to do it, but I, I was actually well, going into this. I was like, okay, well, it's another origin story, but maybe we'll do something interesting and it opens really big right you they just throw you into the thick of it right at the beginning with all the stuff that if you're not a comic book ter- person i imagine you're like what the fuck is going on i can't right? imagine what it would be like watching this if you don't
0: yeah yeah uh, in like any sense this, it, it
1: yeah. Be, yeah i was opening, just i was just sitting there like okay the eventually i'm going to understand what's going on
3: <laughs> yeah uh, and so i I, I was actually kind of hoping, okay, so they're actually going to sidestep the origin story and just, like, kind of throw it together in flashbacks, which is kind of what they do. But it's still an origin story because she doesn't have her powers yet. Right. She kind of does, but she doesn't really. So it's her learning to use her powers, learning to be Captain Marvel and uh, all that stuff. And the the story is just – I realize it's one they have to do, but it it was just kind of typical Marvel origin story. Like, there was nothing about yeah. it that yeah. really – I was like, wow, that's cool. the And I agree with the CGI. Uh, so some of the CGI just felt a little lazy. Um, I don't agree that it's just setting up Endgame. Uh, well, no, I do agree that this movie <laughs> is, but the character wasn't introduced just to solve Infinity War. This is a character that's been a long time in the making. and uh, That's fair, yeah. And, and honestly, the only reason they could do this is because of Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman did well. They're like... I mean, they already had plans for this, but after Wonder Woman did well, they're like, "Okay, we can kind of make this a cornerstone because people will watch a female-led superhero think if,
4: movie." If they didn't put as much effort into this as they have all the others, That's they would true. have gotten even worse backlash. Mm-hmm. Because you can't turn around and, and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on all these others, and then when a woman comes in, uh, here's you know sixty million or ninety yeah. million, and
1: well that would have been that would have been legitimate criticism though
4: yeah Uh yeah but i mean yeah i mean you
1: could
0: do that if you're like say u.s soccer but otherwise
3: but at the same time they don't give as much money to ant-man as they do iron man or you know what i mean so they could have treated it as sort of the second run superheroes like they were originally planning to do with black panther but now he's going to be a you know uh this definitely doesn't rank in my top five marvel movies however there are things about this that i absolutely love one, Brie Larson is spot on as Carol Danvers. That is exactly how she is in the comics. She doesn't take anything seriously. She's always cracking jokes, but she takes way too much on herself. And she nailed, nailed the character. I don't know as far as if you don't know the character, how she comes across. But for anybody who complains about her portrayal of Captain Marvel, is just complaining because they're they don't like women. Like, I, I, I think she's no a great reason. actress. Yeah, I don't no, know. Re- she is. Like, I can't imagine I'll, anybody doing this better. I'll
1: respond to that in a minute, so okay. remind me. Okay. Because um, it's one of my issues with the film, not necessarily a performance, but I'll get to that in a second.
3: Um, I loved Samuel Jackson and Clark Gregg in this, and the de-aging was good enough. Usually, all you ask is that it's not distracting, right? And it right. wasn't. Right. I not never once ever. thought about yeah. the fact that they were de-aged. I loved how seeing kind of, their origin story as well so they took it as an opportunity to to kind of yeah. share their origin story and then the the cat and the cat's just uh from the car co- i know the cat from the comics i didn't think they would have the guts to put it in a movie and they mm-hmm. did the fact that they did oh, yeah. uh, was well the, the cat's awesome
1: once you have Groot and Rocket in the mix it's kind of like yeah, you're but, opening the field a little bit
3: this is kind of her the cat becomes kind of her sidekick in the comics, so it's, it's with her all the time, and but doesn't like do anything helpful at all except for whatever it wants. And uh, like a cat, that, yeah, like a cat. It's basically like a cat that has uh, multi, multiple dimensions inside of it. The, the, that was fun. Yeah, yeah the fact I they didn't introduced expect that. That was, that was, was fun, good. and I love that they captured. This is just sort of fanboy stuff, but when they he kind of throws the cat at them to try to get it to do something, and it just kind of walks yeah. away. <laughs> and it's
0: just like, it's still like a, or an actual cat, yeah, but it's, it's a it's yeah. <laughs>
3: Absolutely perfect. I love that. So, yeah, this movie, I enjoyed it. I think it was a good testament to, or a good way to introduce Carol Danvers, but it just makes me excited for the next, you know, Captain Marvel 2. Because I think that's where it'll get interesting, where she has to say, okay, basically, I can fly through space, I'm damn near invulnerable. What do I do with that? You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Apparently her leather jacket is invulnerable, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah. That's about Gavin? all I get from this movie. So you I, don't want to respond, Tom? I do. I <laughs> have I have never, holding okay. off? I've never read a graphic novel uh, about this. About a comic book. I've never read a comic <laughs> book about this. Um, so I knew nothing of Captain Marvel coming into it. Um, when it first was introduced probably a year and a half ago. Um, I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. Because, well, you already have Captain America. Oh, no, let's just put boobs on and call it Captain Marvel. (laughs) I mean, that was kind of... It felt cheap. Captain Marvel's actually
3: been around longer than Captain America. Okay, Uh, but for... Not not necessarily
4: Carol Danvers, but... Right, for the And not
0: necessarily owned by Marvel.
3: The 80% 80 of
4: the people that are going to see this film that have never read a comic book, it seems... Like an easy way out uh, until you see the movie. Okay. Once you see the movie and you learn her story and, and then you learn where it's potentially going, um, it, that kind of washed away for me, more or less. I, I enjoyed the movie, I really did. I am definitely looking forward to Endgame mm-hmm. because I want to see not Endgame, I want to see how she interacts in that movie now and I'm really excited for it and the way they set that up at the end I knew they were going to do something but the way they did that I thought was it just hit me perfectly at the end yeah they they ended the movie actually really well i yeah.
1: thought so all right so my my issue with the with this character as they've introduced her in this movie it took me a while to start really enjoying it because like being thrown into the middle of She's in outer space with the Korea and they're fighting some people. I don't know who they are. I don't know anything that's going on. I didn't really start enjoying it until it was basically like her and Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Agreed, yeah.
1: Um, because then I started to get a handle on her personality, and I hadn't up until that point. And we're talking about origin stories. People complain about the formula, but I feel like without the formula, Formula like, like they try to do something different here, but without that, I didn't. I felt like I didn't understand what her personality was supposed to be until pretty far into the movie. That that was probably my biggest problem with it. And I guess my other issue is if she has history with Ronan, uh, then where was she the whole time Guardians of the Galaxy was happening?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So that was my other issue. Just looking at it on its own. I mean, I enjoyed it. By the end of the film, I, I really was enjoying it. you know, once the cast of characters had rounded out, and once the is it scroll? Yeah. yeah. Once that twist happened, I was like, okay, I, this is a little more interesting now, because they're not just another you know bad guy goblin-looking thing. And Ben Mendelssohn was great. He wasn't just playing another villain. So once that happened, the cast, like with uh, Rambo, that almost made me laugh out loud when I heard it. Um, <laughs> but like once they were all together. Like the, they had good chemistry together. And I, that, yeah, I was really, yeah, yeah, probably the last third of the movie or so, I was really, really enjoying it. I guess my other thing is I felt like the soundtrack was a little suicide squatty. Yeah, I didn't
3: like the soundtrack at all.
1: Like they were just kind of shoehorning 90s songs in. Yeah. And like occasionally it was fun. Like when, when I'm Just a Girl started playing, I was like, I kind of enjoyed that. But like, the Nirvana song
3: was completely out of place.
1: Yeah. And like, not fit. It's like, okay, now we're listening to TLC for whatever reason, you know? Like It felt it's... like
0: they were trying to play off of nostalgia.
1: Yeah, and, and I like that they started, you know, it was she falls into a blockbuster video and there's a, like a true lies <laughs> thing. That was fun. Like, some of, a lot of it was fun, but a lot, some of it was just a little shoehorned. But overall, but by the end, I was really enjoying it. And I liked the... I kind of liked the last scene where she appears with the Avengers. But... Um, What's grade this film, Brian? What- before
3: before you do that, I have one more thing I want to talk cuz I'm curious cuz you had mentioned before we started recording that you called this Deus Ex of the movie. Yeah. Right? Um and I understand I completely understand why, but one thing that's interesting about this is she's way more powerful in this than she is in the comics because okay. her powers in the comics come from she absorbs kinetic energy. So she has to get hit first before she has she can do anything. And then she like, oh. can store that up and use it. So that gives her a weakness because basically if you let her just sit in a room for three days, she's a normal human being. Oh, if, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Like that's, that's a, actually a pretty great weakness that the more you fight her, the stronger she gets. But if you don't fight her, she gets weak. So hmm. that would, that, that's an interesting element. I'm curious why they basically made her Superman where she doesn't – she pretty much has no weakness
2: uh, it, it's of. like her it's like her of, power yeah, her her power essentially came from the infinity stone
3: yeah no, right because no, that. that's where
2: they made that's where they made well no, I understand like but the, they basically are like, okay, Thanos has six infinity stones let's just uh, mm-hmm. let's just make her as strong as one that mm-hmm. is basically what they decided
3: that's gonna, that's there's a lot of things in this where I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot to kind of' the, there's some interesting elements they're just like casting away that will be helpful down the road.
1: No, I I called it Deus Ex Machina in the movie because at the end of Infinity War, you're suddenly introducing not a character, but just a symbol that unless you are a comic book fan, you have no idea what's going on. I feel like this movie's placement in the timeline of the MCU is awkward. Um, Yeah, yeah. But I feel like as a film, just as a film, it happened at kind of the perfect time because Wonder Woman did break that ceiling. So yeah, they were able to do put a little more into this. and uh, But it's just like coming in between the Infinity War, you know, the Thanos thing, suddenly introducing this extremely powerful, good guy character. It feels a little like Deus Ex Machina type of a thing.
2: I don't remember exactly now, but I feel like that sh- this movie was actually originally scheduled to come out before Infinity War, if yeah, memory was. serves me correctly. So, I don't know what changed necessarily something changed that pushed this one back and I I don't remember what it was. Because she was supposed to be in Infinity
1: War. Maybe it was Wonder Woman. Maybe maybe it was Wonder Woman. Maybe they were like we want we want to put more into this. So it's not as cheap, even though it still ended up looking a little cheap. But why don't we grade this? I'll start again with Brian. A B C D F. I'm gonna give it a B. Okay. Steve?
3: I'm also gonna give it a B.
1: Nate? I'm going to give it a C. Kevin? B. And I'm also at a B.
3: I have a feeling re-watching this in three months or so, I'm going to like it a lot.
0: I, I would I agree just, with that. I, we, uh, ha- we haven't really talked about... Um, I think the main issue is actually some of the beginning, some of these minor characters. I don't fully understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. I don't understand them as characters. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Tom completely. Once Carol Danvers is with Nick Fury... Once she's really playing off of, like, uh, Lashana Lynch's character, then it's absolutely wonderful. Um, But Jude Law, I don't know if I've seen him worse. He just kind of seems to be playing this by the numbers. I have no idea what his character does either. I have no idea of his character's motivation, nothing.
1: It's a little muddled, too, because you're not sure if are the cree the bad guys or is it just ronin and this faction of the cree that are bad guys and oh, there's yeah. a lot of
0: room for nuance and complexity there that i think they miss out on cuz yeah. making the scrolls refugees you can have a lot of things you can talk about They're refugees who also might do like terrorist actions or guerrilla actions maybe fight that brings up some really complex storylines
3: and they don't get into any of the st- the like the cree the cree the scroll and the uh, uh, what the, the nova Planet. Yeah. Those are like the three big civilizations, and they're all imperialist civilizations, so none of them are good. So it's not a matter of, it's not as simple as good or evil, and like these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. There's no Nazi regime. They're all basically Except the, for the United, the United, the United <laughs> States. So it's sort of a commentary on superpowers and things yeah. like that i was gonna say it's like us the uk and, yeah and, and it really originally it was started yeah. out as that it's commentary on the superpowers yeah but they don't get that across very well
1: what i was gonna say Nate bring in jude law into the conversation i agree that his character is a weak character but i do like that it set up that great final showdown um yeah between them in the desert where he was like it was that classic like throw down your guns and you'll know, prove to me that you and then she just blasts him into the rock. Yes, I <laughs> love like, that. And she's yeah. like I don't have to prove anything to you. Yeah. And I mean, she just drags him across the desert and throws him in a actually, throws him in a ship.
3: The best and to me, the best moment in this movie and the movie the moment where I was like okay, I'm on board with this uh, was when, you know, it shows those scenes of her basically screwing up all yeah. the way through. You know, crashing the oh, car, yeah. falling off the rope, all that. And the scene yeah. that where it was like, this is what makes you a hero is where it just showed her getting back up and doing it again, like the right. like that montage. That was when I was
4: like, okay, that's cool, and that's a message that little girls need. Is that, that was really it's good? Okay to fail. That anybody, it's needs. getting back yeah. up that makes yeah. you a hero. Was it, it? Was the simple parts of the movie like uh, the um, the girl who played Rambo? Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you, you will see her in other films. Yeah, her performance in this for me was the. Best performance in the whole film. Really?
0: Well, Shauna Lynch is her name.
4: I loved her performance. Mm-hmm. It that was the most believable thing in the whole movie for me. Not thing, but the most believable performance. Yeah. But it, it was things like that, real pra- not not practical effects, but just real parts of no, the movie. No, I know what
1: you're getting now. Yeah, this the strong this movie's strongest parts are when it's just
0: when it's just characters talking.
1: Human yeah. characters talking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or not even not even human characters, but even like Ben Mendelsohn's character he has a lot of personality.
0: Yeah. yeah. The opening shot, the opening montage of her fighting Jude Law feels very kind of classic um, master Lichet. and student. Yeah, very cliche. But I, th- I think if they found a better way for us to understand him and the way that he was manipulating her and his sort of pretense of strength, that opening had been better. It would have even added more to that final moment where it would have been like, oh, gosh, like she just took this tough guy out. But as far as I know, he's got like, web finger hands thingies. That, like, I don't know what they do. They just kind of, like, web.
2: They're laser webbed finger. He yeah. Makes, he, makes, he makes shields. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had the power to, like, make energy shields or something because when the uh, Skrull were attacking them on that planet, like, he set that up and, like, the lasers weren't coming through, so.
1: Okay, was that him? Okay. Yeah. All right, well, we've got three other movies to talk about tonight. So, um... <laughs> no, laser shields, Tom. <laughs> Four... Four B's and a C gives it, I'm assuming, kind of a B. Gives it a B minus. All right, uh, let's do one movie question, if Nate can... I got comedies. this. Ooh, okay,
0: good question. For Captain Marvel, which character should have had a mustache, and what kind of mustache?
3: <laughs> Captain Marvel, because she should have been a dude. <laughs> 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 Well, somebody's bitter. Uh, no, actually, I, 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 this is one of my favorite characters yeah, in comics. No,
2: subconsciously.
0: So. When will our culture get to a point where women can have mustaches and
2: it's okay? <laughs> actually, Clark Gregg. We... Clark Gregg yeah. should have had a 70s. mustache. Oh, yeah. that's exactly He'd what look... I was thinking.
0: <laughs> that man yeah, have awesome. would look so good with a mustache. Yes, totally agree.
3: Yeah. I'm really hoping that this means that they're going to somehow find a way to bring Clark Gregg back into the MCU because he's not a. You finished Agents of Shield, right? No. Nope. anybody that watches no. it. Okay. But no. I already know. Okay. He, I'm guessing he dies. Yeah, he's not alive anymore. I'm hoping. Oh, wait, he'll... he's died once before. No, he's he's dead, dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he died. But I mean, once as before. much as anybody does in comics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he but... he went
0: out in his own way. Like he wanted to die, and it was a nice send off. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, okay but he's died before.
3: Man. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, that's I'm, I'm hoping they find a way to bring him back because he's just such a. Great Great character. Yeah. Maybe no, they need, to, they need to they need to start
1: killing people off and leaving it that way.
3: Well, they just killed but kill half off some of, of the like eh, characters. Don't kill off the good side
4: characters. Okay, yeah. uh, then kill off Hulk because Mark Ruffalo is phoning it in. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, in Infinity Wars, that was a horrible performance. He thinks so. I, yeah, no,
1: I, 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 I think, think so. I think he just skyped his performance in, and they just <laughs> grafted his head onto the Iron Man suit. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what it looked like. Sorry. And also, the, the reason, this is tangential, but the reason I said I sort of like that end scene is because, I, and I was trying to remember if Shuri was still alive at the end of Infinity War.
2: Yes, I think she is.
1: Then she the, should have been.
2: Don't, they don't, they don't say. tell you one way or the other. Yeah. They well, don't she, she should
1: be, she should be, and she should have been, like, heading up that little science experiment.
3: I would Who guess that if she is, then she would have been. Who is this again? I His guess. sister. Black Panther. Shuri Black is
1: sister. Black Panther's sister
3: oh, and oh. and officially okay, catch, the catch. smartest person in the world. Like yeah. in the MCU she's officially the smartest person in the world.
1: And I'm saying that out loud just to further piss off the men's rights activists. <laughs> <laughs> now, that
3: that scene actually suggests to me that she's not alive. If, Black Panther's gone. So If she,
0: yeah, if he's gone, Shuri now has oh. the crown. Yeah, she actually okay Black Panther yeah. in the comics after a while.
1: Okay, so at the end of Infinity War they're still in Wakanda. So why aren't they just with Shuri in Wakanda? Because that scene's not in Wakanda. Well, it should be. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it should be.
2: But Tom, That that scene, that scene is actually up in Buffalo, New York. That is where that scene is. <laughs> I know that.
0: Come on. Why you got to be down in upstate New York, man?
2: The reason, bad the enough up doing, here, The reason they're um, doing
1: that is to focus on the Avengers characters. I forget that. But I just yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it should be Shuri. That's all I'm saying. So let's do flick chart.
0: Clark Greg, yeah, he should have a mustache. Come sure he, he quick, quick, Google it. Does he have a
3: mustache? Just put mustaches on everybody. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, I just Googled Clark Greg with a mustache.
2: He found what the picture say. of him as a cop, right? Yeah,
0: he looks pretty darn good with a mustache. <laughs> I gotta say. That's a good mustache. I don't know what movie that's from,
2: but uh yeah,
0: there's no reason there's no excuse now.
1: <laughs> All right, could, so we're gonna we're gonna go to mustache chart.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> raking mustaches. That'd be all yeah.
4: Mustaches weren't popular in the 80s or 90s. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. 90s um, was goatee. What was was there? he always he was always, he was always
0: a nostalgia guy. So if he had a mustache in the 90s, that would fit his character.
1: I don't know. Everybody, everybody in Captain Marvel should have had a soul patch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that uh, would have made it. That would have made it uh, officially uh, 90s. Right. Something that
3: we didn't. It has nothing to do with the movie. But I really was happy with the Stan Lee. The way oh, the they intro. opened the movie? Yes, I. I that was that was really nice. Yeah, and the little cameo that he did in this felt like it was yeah. a little bit more. Cause she just looks at him
4: and smiles. Yeah,
3: and that, I actually got a little choked up at that. It, like it, I was it makes like, you That's think. Nice. You are like,
4: holy shit. Yeah, like that. That one man is responsible. Yeah. for the last how many for decades? So much. Yeah. yeah,
3: it it was a really nice tribute.
1: Yeah, uh, Captain. It's a, it's an MCU off.
2: <laughs> no, I'll
4: see you off.
1: Captain Marvel versus Thor. Captain Marvel. Ooh.
4: The first one? Yeah, that's actually yes. kind of
1: tough. Yeah, but Thor, Thor we
4: talked about this yeah. way back
0: in the podcast. Thor, we kind of, we were, this comes down to expectations. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, we've expected things that are good. Thor, a lot of people going into it were like, it's all right if it sucks. Yeah. We're, you know, and it kind of, I think Branagh
1: did an awesome job with taking oh, that character.
3: A, a really stupid character.
1: Yeah. yeah, I, Thor I came out of that film. Character. I came out of that film like, oh, that was actually a decent film. Yeah. When I went into it thinking this is a stupid character. Yeah. Right.
0: That was a film we went into feeling like, okay, we have to watch this because they're going to put them together for the Avengers.
1: Yeah.
0: And if that's all that film had been, so what?
1: Having but said that, it was better. from this from the standpoint of 2019. This film has terrible special effects. <laughs> Thor. Awful. Awful. Yeah. It has the worst special effects in the entire MCU.
4: I remember not to what degree, but that was one of my biggest problems with that movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go Captain Marvel. But I have a follow-up question. And it's semi-rhetorical. Okay. (laughs) Which means I only want an answer if it works in my favor. Um, (laughs) (laughs) if, If Thor is supposed to be a god, and a concentrated burst from a neutron star will not kill him, why doesn't
0: he just take out Thanos? That yeah. is a complaint with a- Avengers Affinity. Why does he why doesn't he just hit Thanos like in that hand yeah. or completely kill him? Yeah, he should be able to. Okay.
4: Thank you. I, I don't get it. Why? Uh, th- there's a lot of things like that where That's you, a
3: comic book he, problem. He, he yeah. makes
4: he makes the mistake. He tries
3: to kill Thanos instead of just taking his arm off. Right. And that's his he makes that mistake.
1: Well, his his clothes are made from the same material that Carol Danvers' leather jacket is made from. <laughs> Okay. That's, that's like that cow. Thanos is as powerful. Yeah, as and, that's all. And, and <laughs> that's why he's the only. The one I, to most powerful cow. <laughs> <laughs> the cow created so the universe. You can it's, I mean, th- it's still alive. It's just wandering the countryside, <laughs> missing a patch
4: out of its side. It's like. I, I know bastards. there's there are these different levels of, of which superhero is stronger. You know, in a head to head, who would win, and this and that. And I get that. Right, but right. It makes are, no. It,
0: it makes no sense, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I but, yeah. <laughs> As somebody
4: who doesn't read comic books, it is extremely frustrating to see things like that where y- you have Captain America who can almost looks like uh hold back the strength of Thanos, almost.
2: Cap- yeah. Captain America's like strength is very inconsistent throughout the Marvel yes. universe, so it's <laughs> uh that is a uh, that is a big complaint that I've seen online that people that his strength is like super inconsistent. Right,
0: he almost lifted the hammer. Yeah, you know? yeah.
4: That, that, that had nothing to do with strength. Well, yeah. that is that's that like, was a either, he even Hulk it. can't yeah. lift the hammer. Right. But and okay, so you bring up the Hulk. How does Hulk get dismissed like a booger on a Q-tip when Thanos <laughs> beats him up? Uh, on one hand, but it seems like he can take out this. well we can get into a
1: very involved discussion about how characters strengths also change throughout the MCU if you guys want to be here tonight no
4: no I I don't and I'm just going to lodge a formal complaint with Stan Lee uh, a posthumous complaint that he, he Really should have laid this out more. There is, consistently. there is a website. Well, I that hear goes Kevin
0: through. that you know the comic book writers really love to listen to comic book fan <laughs> complaints, yeah. and that they take them very seriously, and they will change everything based on your oh, but complaint. See, so. th- this is where you're
4: wrong. I'm not a comic book person. I don't. So I should. Have but you're own. complaining, I, so I guess you are. That makes you a comic book. No, person. <laughs> I'm a movie person because I'm complaining about the movies.
1: Anyway, I guess we can uh, move on to our next film, which is Whale Rider. Oh you don't, you don't want to you don't want to get into nerd talk about
2: Maori culture or anything like that.
3: <laughs> I definitely do not. Uh. But
2: but the power scaling of the little girl, we need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> to pair
3: with Captain Marvel, I chose Whale Rider from 2002. This was a movie that I thought I had seen. Um but rewatching it, I don't really remember any of it and it didn't even have the group of people that I thought were in it originally thought it was alaska natives uh it's apparently maori uh so i don't know if this was what i watched and i just you were off by
0: a hemisphere
3: i was off by a hemisphere <laughs> yeah uh, like... i i i don't I, I don't know what happened but it's two, uh, two hemispheres i think <laughs> yeah because it's both on the uh eastern hemisphere and southern yeah but eh, i know <laughs> whatever uh and this basically is a story of a young girl who comes who is Maori and uh is still her family her uh town still very involved in Maori culture and um they're they're passing it down to the next generation she wants to get involved in that and because she's a girl uh, and other reasons uh she's not allowed to so and it's kind of her, the story of her and her grandfather, really, and her grandfather coming to accept her as a capable human being, essentially, Um, even though everybody else recognizes that she's a capable human being. He's the only one that doesn't. Uh, She was the actress. Keisha Castle-Hughes was nominated for Best Actress at the time, was the youngest ever to be nominated for Best Actress, uh, and um, there are some other. Most of the cast actually is Maori, not the main characters, but all the background people. Um, some of the main characters are Maori, but they are the. They do use a lot of Maori in this. It was written and directed by a woman, um, and I'm going to turn to Tom first to find out what he thinks of this.
1: Um, where, where do I start? Uh, I mean. Well, it's Keisha an origin Castle-
3: story, just like Captain
1: Marvel, right? Keisha Castle-Hughes, first of all, it is, it's, a, it's a phenomenal performance. Um, I don't know, how how old was she when this was made? Twelve. Twelve, yeah. I mean, it's a great performance. I think I was already on the verge of tears like five minutes into this movie. Basically, her twin brother and mother die in childbirth, which is an interesting motivation uh, for both of the—really, there's two main characters. It's her and the grandfather— because um, it's just much as, as much about him as about her. But all he's focused on is the fact that, I mean, basically, his son is sitting next to his dead wife who just died in childbirth. And all he says when he walks in is, you can try again, right?
0: Right. Yeah, that's like, just like, oh, my gosh. Earth like, Yeah.
1: now it's time to find a new wife and have a new baby. It's like, damn.
0: I like that the grandmother calls the grandfather out on that, though
1: yeah yeah like a few scenes later that she's like do you realize what you
0: just said you know like he doesn't it's not just excuse
1: so basically she i mean she's she's showing she's showing the strength of a chief even in her young age so just watching these two characters this little girl and this grandfather kind of how their relationship changes throughout the film is really interesting I mean, I, I I pretty much loved it from beginning to end. I'm just I'm trying to look for specific things to to bring out about it.
3: What um what did you get from the whales beaching themselves? Like that was kind of a strange turn in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it feels like it's such a complex thing to break down because it basically, I mean, her grandfather's calling out to the ancestors, but they're not responding. This is f- from the little girl's narration, which yeah. I usually I usually hate voiceover narration. But they blame but in this, her for it. In this film, it was really well done. No, but she she blames herself because well, it was so her.
4: The grandfather blames her too. No, he doesn't blame her for them beaching. He says who is responsible. He says it twice, and it's annoying. Who is to blame? Who is to blame? But he looks at her at one point and says, "Haven't you done enough?"
3: So I, I assume that was him. I blaming think that her. was
4: afterwards when uh, she was on the beach and she went to touch the whale.
3: Yeah. I assume that was him blaming her for the beaching of the whale. Maybe I misunderstood I don't that. think
1: so. But it's more complicated because it is her fault, but it's also the thing that needed to happen to show who she really was. Yeah. Right. So, she
0: called them to actually, yeah, and
1: they beached. She didn't call them to her. beach themselves, but she yeah. called for help. And them beaching themselves is essentially what ended up helping Mm -hmm. and then she almost dies and uh, there's a lot going on in this film it's very nuanced about it but yeah okay um
3: kevin so i hate
1: the grandfather
3: he's an ass he's an asshole um although he's redeemed in the end
0: i don't know if he's redeemed but he learns Um, hopefully he'll change but i don't know if i'd say he's redeemed he, he
1: I understand why you're saying he's an asshole, but you also have to think about things from his perspective because he's carrying the burden of an entire culture on his shoulders.
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, a couple of questions. He had two sons. Mm-hmm. The oldest son is the one who moved away. Why isn't he pissed at him for you know not sticking around? No. Oh, he, he is. He is. He, is. he is. He's just taking he it out on his daughter. Yeah. He, yeah, that's but the thing. he's yeah. and that's I, maybe that's an inconsistency in his character. Because his his daughter, the Pika, is
3: basically a, a constant reminder of his son, who was supposed to take over, right. And rejected everything, and so he hates her because of his son, basically. So, and it's
0: why? not he hasn't he hasn't rejected the entire culture. He's um well, his he's responsibility. not willing to become chief. Yeah, yeah, responsibilities. he's not. And there's there's memories of his dead wife here in this village, and his lost son, and so he's he was trying to get away, and he's clearly because they have that great conversation with that. Uh, I forget his last name, but it's like Cliff, right? Um, Cliff Curtis, him and his daughter have that conversation on the boat. And he's like, I can't be what my grandfather wants me to be and, and neither can you. And so we both feel this pressure. And I, I think that's part of the beauty of it is the grandfather has this ideal, this sort of indigenous ideal for what Paeka was supposed to be. And he can't come to terms with his spirituality, his culture changing and needing to change um, but also he ha- he's, the, he's the guy who has all the stories. He's the guy who's bringing the culture. He's the ancient person who has all these ideas. He's the one who's going to pass it on. And I think what Tom said about the nuance, that's what's so fascinating.
4: I don't think I can feel any empathy for him at the end. Um, the fact that his granddaughter didn't die, I don't feel happy for him in the slightest for that. The fact that his culture can thrive... I don't feel happy for the grandfather because of that. I yeah. feel happy for the culture uh, i for her and for her yeah yeah i I just he was not likable in any way not that's not a requirement, but when it's that much in the opposite direction, it negatively affects my experience with the movie. I still love yeah. the movie I really did i I thought it was great, I thought she she gave a great performance. Um, I don't know if you guys have looked uh, up at all her film history. She's she not done much. She was Princess Amidala in Revenge of the Sith. Um, she was she one was? of the oh um, really? the lookalike harem whatever. Yeah, and she's done a bunch of things. You know, uh, smaller films. Smaller of stuff. films. Yeah, Small she hasn't film. done anything. Vague. Yeah, nothing huge. Um, which is, is fine. I, I yeah I I think she did great. Um, I think the uh, the grandmother's character. I think was played very well because he needed or we needed that balance to his role in her. Uh, So I think that was done well. Yeah, we definitely did.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Brian, not to, not to totally be that guy, but she was the queen of Naboo in star Wars. Revenge of the Sith, (laughs) not princess Amidala, princess Amidala gave up her princess ship and she was a senator at that point. Irrelevant.
4: You You are correct.
2: No, that's true. I enjoyed the movie. I've seen one scene of this movie before in my life, and that was when the grandfather was teaching the boys the haka, and that was it. I think I was leaving my parents' house at the time, and my dad was watching this, and I just kind of like saw that in passing, and it was the only thing that I saw that looked remotely familiar to me when I watched this. But um, performances were wonderful. I almost wish that you got more of the father later in the movie but i'm okay with not having it but you can see how this girl has an, a, a, a positive effect on pretty much everyone in the movie you, you know even her uncle she shows up to her uncle's house with like this uh trophy it's a, it's a modified golf trophy and he but when she gets there he's like strung out on a couch And then the the next morning he's out running. Like, I mean, she has this, she has this effect on people and it's not, not everything is like in your face with it. And one thing that I was surprised didn't happen was she didn't get, and I can't think of the boy's name right now. uh, I think it was Hemi. When she knocked the staff out of his hand and the next day the boy couldn't go on the boat. To right. go get the to go get the whale tooth. I'm surprised there wasn't mm. a from his perspective something else to go like yeah, to yeah, go after true. her. Yep. Like, because honestly, I, I feel like if a boy has the opportunity to become you know chief of you know the 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 tribe, and then like this girl takes that away from him, I was surprised there was no backlash for that. But. That would have just probably been an unnecessary conflict at that point, because because the, the conflict between her and her grandfather was already apparent at that point, and I think it, it, yeah, it probably would have defocused it because it, a, after that boat trip, the grandfather just like falls into this depression. So right, but but, but I, I really enjoyed it. Okay, Nate, go ahead and talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I um I think this movie's spectacular. I was really blown away by it. I think it does a lot with what could be sort of a, if we take out the sort of really impressive sort of firsts of this being a almost completely Maori cast, this this is just a coming of age story about a young girl and her grandfather recognizing her um, or her surrogate father recognizing her. And so that's a simple coming of age story and it plays with those cliches, but it pushes beyond that. It doesn't really interesting ways. Um, and then on top of that, the topic is so complex. This idea of an indigenous culture still holding on to their history, but also struggling with some of the problems of that, some of the inherent sexism that's there. That is so insanely complex that this could have very easily gone south. And instead it's so sensitive to everything. It's impressive. And then it's also, there's no big crazy action scenes or sort of moments, right? When she, He's like, when the whale's flying out, nobody races out to get her. Nobody falls into the word I'm thinking of is like, there's drama, but there's not melodrama. Yeah, There's tension, right? But like, even when the um, grandfather is arguing with the son, they don't get into a big shouting match and like break things. Painful things are said and you feel the pain, you feel the hurt, but it doesn't become sort of an Al- Alan Ball-esque sort of like shouting match. Um, And so I... I wonder what it would be like. I'd like to go and read some things. What it would be like as a Maori person. Like how did they respond to this? Does this feel like an accurate conflict for them? Or any sort of native indigenous person? Because this is, just watching this to me, I was kind of deeply fascinated. It was outstanding. I think the performances are really, really good. I actually totally get where Kevin is coming from uh, with the grandfather, but I don't feel like that's a knock on it. I think they're smart with what they show and what they don't. Because, like, you know, until that last shot with her on the boat, you're still not sure if she's, like, alive, Mm -hmm. right? And I think they're not revealing that till that moment, I think, is a brilliant move by the directors and the writers to really give you a sense of, like, to use tension, but in a non-sort-of-Hollywood way, to really just let these characters matter. So I I loved this film.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think... So right before I started watching it, I looked up this little information about it, and that's when I didn't even know she was nominated for Best Actress for this. And so watching this, I was kind of watching why she was nominated for Best Actress. And, you know, a large part of the movie, I was like, I don't get why she was nominated. I mean, her performance is decent, but it, to me it wasn't – I actually disagree with Tom. It wasn't that great, uh, at least not Best Actress great until the scene where she's up on stage and that speech that speech yeah. and starts crying. Then I'm like, ah, that's the scene she was nominated for. Like nothing else in this movie or any performance. I was, it was good, but it wasn't anything spectacular. That was the scene. And that's the scene where she blew me away. I was yeah. like, that's amazing. That's an amazing scene. I wish I didn't know that going in. Cause that's what I was focusing on instead of, you know, other things about the movie. So, um, that, detracted a little bit and that's just, that was just because i was i was literally distracted from the actual movie um more focusing on technical stuff but i i i, I did enjoy this quite a bit uh, i if, if it's the same movie i watched the first time which i can't guarantee it was uh <laughs> it, then i enjoyed it just as much because i remember really enjoying it but i didn't remember any not a single part of this movie was familiar even though i've think I've watched it before, and i it recommend, been recommending it to people based on that viewing. <laughs> so, eh, glad it turned out to be a good movie and not just...
2: it you know. funny if it was the total opposite, though.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, any, any other comments?
1: Well, I guess I was just going to say that I'm kind of impressed the footage of the whales they were able to get. <laughs> yeah, a Look. lot of
3: that was practical. They actually made her ride on the whale
1: and, mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. So, these are trained whales? Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it, was a, co- it's it was a combination a, of yeah. real whales, models, and CGI, which was pretty seamlessly put together, yeah, if that's the yeah. case, especially for being a low budget film.
4: Yeah, that was the, one of the things I'm going, okay, wait a minute. You can't the just really beach an entire pod of whales. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs>
4: um, What'd but, you say,
1: Steve?
3: That they actually took her out to the middle of the ocean and made her ride a whale. That was Well, that, a model. A model. No, it actually, they put her on an actual whale. No, you can't. They, yeah, they. There's a whole like article about it on IMDb. Yeah. She said it was the scariest thing she's ever done in her entire life. Hell
0: yeah! I read yeah. that. I read that it was a model that she. Didn't I read an whale.
3: interview with her, and she said it was an actual. At one point, they put her on an actual whale and had her ride it around. And they they had like a big net out in the middle of the ocean, right. put the whale in it, had her put it on you know that kind of thing. It was a train... Well, actually, they didn't say it was trained. I assume it was. Yeah, but they just picked um, out
1: a random whale.
3: Yeah, it's so like <laughs> that one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was, lied in the interview. I either way, it was
4: very impressive. Yeah.
3: So, um, yeah, let's let's grade this. Yeah, why not? Sure, why not? Let's change things up. <laughs> um, so, uh, go reverse order. Nate, what's your grade? I'm giving this an
1: A.
4: Brian? A. Kevin? B, because of the grandfather. <laughs> Tom? A. I don't know, I've been going Sorry back and forth to A and B. Shit well, on your gold star there. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I, I mean... I didn't do it intentionally. and I, I was, don't feel I that going back and bad. And forth but, between an A and a B, but he took I a letter
1: I'm... grade off because he disliked a character that you weren't supposed to like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kevin's yes. had had uh, less valid reasons for taking a grade, <laughs> giving something a uh, grade it doesn't deserve. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, an A. So that should give it a an A-ish, right? A ish, A minus, or... it gives
0: it an A minus or a Spock.
3: Oh. So. Okay, so we're going to add Whale Rider to Flick Chart or our Flick Chart. And, uh, you know, everybody's Flick Chart. Everybody's <laughs> Flick Chart now has Whale Rider on it. Okay, so the first matchup is Whale Rider versus X Men First Class. Whale Rider. Whale Rider. Rider. X Men. I'm going to go X Men or uh, Whale Rider as well, but it was not as easy as it was for everybody else. I just want to make that qualification.
0: Go right ahead. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so does it Rider make you wins? feel better about yourself? <laughs> it really does. It does. And oh, here we go. Whale Rider or Citizen Kane? Of course, we all know the person who needs to answer first. Oh
1: wait, oh, uh Citizen Kane.
3: That was not
4: as dramatic as I was hoping. Uh, Citizen Kane. Whale Rider. Right. I'm wrong? thinking. Is it wrong that I'm picturing Tom put on lipstick and writing Nate's down on a li- Nate's <laughs> name on a list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is.
3: Yeah. Yes, Tom's doing that, or yes, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, both.
1: Hang on. I'm trying to, <laughs> try to pick out the right shade. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out why Kevin said that.
4: Um,
2: but, uh, He's making a Billy Madison reference, yeah, but I don't like, really know why.
1: Okay, I, okay. Nate slided Citizen Kane. I'm fine with you guys going all well, right. right
2: Citizen Kane isn't Tom's favorite movie. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, it's only number eight on my flick chart.
3: (laughs) See, not his favorite. (laughs)
2: I'll probably pick Citizen Kane.
3: Me too. Citizen Kane wins, and that brings, oh, Whale Rider up against Paddington 2.
0: Ooh.
1: Mm. Whale Rider. I'm going to go Whale Rider.
0: This is going to sound weird, but these movies are both in my top 100. Yeah, that's I'm dead serious, yeah. I mean, Whale Rider shot right up there. And Paddington 2 did too, but Paddington 2 almost made it to my top 50. I'm going to go Paddington 2. There's yeah. just something about that movie. I think two it's for, perfect.
3: Two for Whale Rider and two for pa- or one for Paddington 2.
2: I'm going to go Whale Rider. Okay, so
3: three for Whale Rider and two for Paddington 2 because I'm also going Paddington 2. But Whale Rider wins. I'm blown away by how much credit you guys are giving that movie.
0: I Paddington really 2, played. Electric yeah. Boogaloo? I,
3: so I finally watched the first one. Yeah. And I still think the better, one, the second one is better. The second one is better. I agree. Yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for kind of the
4: simple, happy like. Not, but it earns it. It's it so does, clever. Yeah, and it does Every it really scene well, is wonderful. Ever, it seems like you're comparing Teddy Ruxpin to Thor Heyerdahl. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's it's a weird comparison because there's, there's just there's yeah. just a sense of I loved watching Paddington too like it was just so much fun makes I feel kind, happy now i want now I want, it, now I want to go back and watch it again. How
3: many movies do you watch where you just feel happy the entire time watching it not very that doesn't happen very often no. porno <laughs> <laughs> that's a different kind of happy <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest it's like thirty seconds no, no, <laughs> no, 30.
2: don't forget the deep feeling of shame when it's over <laughs> Yeah, what, about, did Woody Allen,
1: porn? what did Woody Allen say? Like, Woody Allen said, like, after watching... That's not porn. my daughter.
0: That's my wife. That's what he said. Oh. Oh.
3: <laughs> what were you going to say, Tom? Yeah, now I'm curious.
1: No, I'm not going to finish it now. Oh,
3: <laughs> Nate! Way to go, Nate. You broke Tom. Whatever.
1: <laughs> yep, whatever. Google, whatever. Yep, Google Woody, look it up.
3: Whatever. Woody Allen, we should not be quoting Yeah, I'm now, not going to... What did Google, uh, Google... What did Woody Allen say about little girls?
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: little he girls probably, he probably said something really
1: profound about i didn't say anything about little girls i don't know where I you got that whale rider just google woody allen porn see what comes up <laughs> no <laughs> no that, oh that no the deep fakes not- no
3: <laughs> <laughs> so i honestly don't remember what won that i'm gonna say little whale rider whale <laughs> rider did yeah yeah was uh, to.
4: i wasn't arguing to win i just was perplexed, <laughs> and it went a very different path um, oh, hey, speaking of Woody Allen, Whale Rider or Annie Hall?
2: Whale
1: Rider. Rider. Yeah, yeah. Whale Rider.
3: Annie Hall. Yeah, I would go Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. See, knowing that you could take clips out of context really stops me from saying a lot of say, things. Are you going to say, Woody Allen, beat the little girl? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> then I, Tom's going
4: to take that <laughs> and use it. So That's Okay. <laughs> As I said earlier, the tens of listeners will really <laughs> appreciate it.
1: Don't ever cross me.
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> has got I have a, lot a of dirt. list of audio <laughs> oh, files if they, if they do me wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like something's going to get mailed to the authorities if Tom disappears.
3: <laughs> okay. So if puts... I don't punch a code <laughs> <laughs> once Every a week. Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that puts. Wow, that puts Whale Rider at 89 on our flick chart. Whoa.
1: It's a great movie.
2: It is. Well, yeah. oh. almost like, it's like, oh, I was about to say, it's like, oh, it's almost like it's good or something. <laughs>
3: I didn't expect to be that high. So we're going to come back and tell you what we're watching next podcast.
1: I think we have to.
0: All right, so for our next podcast, uh, I've got the pick, which I know everybody just gets so excited about. And I have chosen to uh, set the sort of theme as unexpected musicals. So something that you wouldn't expect as a musical, somebody you wouldn't expect to make a musical. And so I have chosen the movie Phantom of the Paradise, which is an unexpected musical because it's made by Brian De Palma, the guy who made Scarface and The Untouchables. For some reason, it's the only musical he's ever made. So we're going to watch Phantom of the Paradise, and uh, Kevin has the pairing. Kevin?
4: Uh, I chose Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I've known about it for a while, and I know it was actually uh, an off-Broadway or on-Broadway production for a while that I think yeah. uh, Neil Patrick Harris mm-hmm. uh, played yeah, H- yeah, Hedwig that. for a while. So it's something, It's it's been uh, in my list of things that I was curious to see, because it, it did get a lot of hype. So I figured this was a good chance. Okay. Next podcast, Phantoms and Inches. The that? Phantom
0: <laughs> Inch.
3: Oh, that actually is appropriate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, It's the Phantom Five Inches, isn't it?
2: Yeah. That's true.
1: Captain Marvel's up against
4: Super 8. Captain Super Marvel. Super 8. Captain Marvel. They were both equally disappointing. (laughs) I've watched
0: Super 8 several times, and I I still love it.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I want to go back and watch it. It it gives me almost that same feeling I had when I watched E.T. That's all it was trying to do. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Literally nothing
3: more than that.
0: Uh No, it's doing a lot more. Nope, that's it.
3: (laughs) The tagline for the movie is, makes you feel like you're watching (laughs) (laughs) E.T.